Welcome to the PFFA pod. I'm your host, Kyle McLowry. Before I press play on the Building Committee Update uh, podcast, I need you to set the stage real quickly. The first thing I need to just let you all know is that just prior to us sitting down, the committee had done a presentation to the executive board, and that presentation had an agenda, and we will be referring to that agenda throughout the uh, podcast to sort of help us guide the conversation. At the actual table, uh, there was members of the committee, and they are Ryan Shank, Jordan Quintanilla, Jordan Brown, and Jerry Ray, and myself were there. Travis Chipman, also a member of the committee, sort of popped his head in and chatted for a moment and then had to leave again. I need to also list the other members of the committee uh, who are were not present for the conversation, so everybody knows. Uh, additionally, Dave Remington, Lisa Knight, and Chase Caldwell are all members of the building committee. I think that's about it. There's lots of good information ahead, so thanks for listening. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Jerry Ray. I work for the Port of Portland. Been there 18 years. Been also been a, a member of the e-board uh, for the union. And we have been looking at options for um, a new facility for the union. It all originated probably in December of 2020 when Travis Chipman made a proposal to do a remodel on our current facility. And there were a few members that had questions as to the efficiency and the use of the money for this facility and if that's the direction we should be going. Um, that vote failed and as a result, we put together a building planning committee. We've been meeting uh, several times since then to look at options for our building and what we can do. And today we're gonna be talking about that and come up with our final evaluation and how we're moving forward from that. Uh, my name is Jordan Quintanilla. Um, I've been in the Bureau about six years now. Um, I work down at Station 3. And um, after the, the uh, building remodel uh, vote got shot down, I jumped on uh, wanting to be on this committee. Um, so when, when we first organized this committee, um, we talked about uh, what, what the needs of the membership were um, or are going to be. And uh, a couple of the things that we came up with um, that we're looking for is uh, the main thing was a large um, meeting space. Uh, the one at our current Union Hall doesn't fit um, the amount of people that, you know, want to come to union meetings and, and um, the other thing was uh, storage for um, the front of the union hall uh, currently is, is the store. And if you, you walk into the union hall, you can see that there's um, stuff everywhere as far as, uh, you know, what, what the, they're selling in the store. Um, the other thing that we decided that we needed was a kitchen and a break room. Um, I already touched on the retail space, and the other big thing was uh, parking. I think uh, we only had nine or so spots at the current Union Hall, and the the building we're looking at is, uh, I think, what, what do you say, Shank, 57 or something like that? It's about 45. Okay. So uh, those were kind of the big needs. The other things that we talked about kind of on a, on a different scale was an event space uh, um, for, you know, events that our union has, coffee and cakes, things like that, um, and also renting it out to the, the general public for stuff like that, so. 
uh, office space was another big issue as far as for our primary officers. Right. How big of an issue was storage? Did you already talk about that? Uh, yeah, storage was a big thing. Um, just as far as the re you know the retail space, there's tons of boxes that are kept um, for overflow material. But uh, I know in the basement here we've got uh, rooms that they've converted uh, to keeping old archive material from. There's tons of stuff down there. Archive yeah. stuff, yeah. stuff for the picnic. There's you know 9/11 memorial. Right. Some there's like stuff for the pipe, pipes and drums. I think there's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. It needs 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 a space. Um, uh, the other thing too that was brought up by some members was the possibility of having a bar. Um, I don't know if that's something that we're actually going to do, but something we can definitely talk about. And space for potential growth with other enterprises, such as maybe onboarding a credit union, having um, some space for maybe physical therapy or um, exercise facilities. Uh, the one thing I do want to add is the location yeah. <clears throat> piece. I think there's a lot of folks right now who are not happy about this location. It's kind of difficult to access. The great thing about the location that we're looking at currently, which we can get into more, but just as far as like a general concept, we wanted something that was closer to the major corridors, whether that be I-5, 205, uh, 405. So um, that was one of the criteria that we had in, in our property search. Okay, so that sort of covers the needs assessment part of where the committee, when the committee, I imagine when the committee first met, that was one of the first things that was established. Mm -hmm. um, there was the needs and the wants for a future building. As I, as I understand this, the committee wasn't really specific on finding, you sort of were looking at all different options, whether it was keep and remodel, mm -hmm. keep and scrape, look for a new building, look for dirt. There's lots of different possibilities. Maybe I'm not being... Uh, clear enough on some of that. When I say look for dirt, actually, I mean looking for something and building a whole new. And you guys went through all of those options and you landed on finding a established or a building that was already there and, and working with that, trying to find one that met all or most of the needs and maybe some of the wants. Am I encapsulating that fairly accurately? Yeah, I would say that's accurate. I mean, you know, the prospect of finding property or scraping this location and building new here is a tremendous undertaking. So I think we wanted something that we could have a quicker turnaround on, something that was a space that we could occupy, you know, kind of from day one and the prospect of having to go through the development process. I mean, that's a years long process. So we mm -hmm. would be, um, yeah, it, we, we know that the space that we're currently in does not meet the needs of the membership. Right. And so we wanted to find a space that met as many of those needs as we could find and have that space be move-in ready. Um, just the idea of having to be here even another year or two didn't seem sustainable. Okay, so I think this one is going to you. Anybody could jump in. Let's talk about properties and that being, let's end up at where we ended mm -hmm. up. But talk about some of this, the process of how many you looked at, what you looked at, and how that process led you to where we are now. Okay. So where we started with this search was, again, just to kind of reiterate, because this is there's like really these three points that Jordan talked about early on with the needs assessment, the parking, the increased space, usable space, and then a better location. And so that was really guiding our search. Stepping back, I mean, the context for commercial real estate is a complex one right now because so many 
places are not currently being utilized in the way that they were before the pandemic. So there's not really as much in certain respects of a demand for that type of office space. But it also has meant that the inventory for that available office space because of some prices that I think have kind of become depressed is not necessarily what it was before the pandemic either. So we've kind of got a couple different things kind of going on. I think the prices have come down. Um, what's kind of helps us is the interest rates are also quite low at this point. I mean, we're looking at potentially around like a 4% interest rate, which for a commercial property is extremely good. And then lastly, um, you know, we're dealing with uh, an inventory that is, is pretty limited, at least insofar as an inventory that fits all those needs that we've discussed. So really, we looked all over town. We even talked about possibly looking at property outside of the city limits of Portland. But we ended up focusing more on properties within the city limits. We looked at property all the way in Southwest down to like 217 and Barber. We looked all the way up to properties up in North Portland, all the way to 205 and, and East Portland. And what we kind of arrived at was a property that's very central. It's located near the South Waterfront. Uh, it's on 30, I'm sorry, 330 Southwest Curry. Um, it's basically sits right above that South Waterfront property. Um, it, it sits off of the kind of feeder down to 99. So it's really good access from I-5 and the Ross Island Bridge. And um, that is the property that we've looked at most in depth. There are a lot of properties that we've looked at on paper but this is the one that we've looked at most in depth. And I, I would say the reason that we haven't gone and looked at more properties um, in person is because we really haven't found ones that meet those criteria. And it is somewhat heavy lift to get all the committee members together to look at a property that seems kind of on paper marginal. Understood. And just a random question about that property. From the second floor, do you have a view across the river over to the mountain? Sure do. Yep. Right on. Okay. Um, is before we move on to the next uh, uh, category, is there anything you guys want to add about that Curry building? I guess that, do, I guess to anybody, is, does it meet all the needs that were on that needs list? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. uh, yeah absolutely. The I mean, I think this property at uh, 330 Southwest Curry meets all of the needs that we're looking at, um, except the, the event space right now. And I think, mm -hmm. as Shank was saying earlier, that it's that's kind of a moving target, right? And right. we're going to, it's, Something that we could look at, you know, later down the road, but as of right now, it's there's not a space in there that we could have a large event. There is that uh, half acre plot of unused land outdoors. Um, so if we're talking, we want to plan something, you know, summertime or, or whatnot, or uh, there's always a potential to sit there and get, uh, you know, a little like outdoor venue type thing. We can totally do that in the in the interim until we you know, down the road when we find our forever home where uh, we could have something for that. Yeah, and I was just going to say, because we can't, you know, this is this is by its very nature a non-visual sort of experience, to paint the picture a little bit, this is a property that sits on an acre of land. Half of it is zoned commercial, which is where the building is, and then the other half is zoned residential, but high-density residential. So there's an investment component to this. But... In the meantime, it provides this higher amount of parking. It's around 45 spaces. And then as Jordan talked about, it provides us outdoor space to be able to meet and potentially have like different events at that uh, location. The building itself is about 12,000 square feet. Um, it has an elevator. It has basically 6,000 square foot footprint. So it's basically um, 
you know, the, the upstairs models the downstairs in terms of the layout. And, uh, yeah, we can get into some of the more details of the property, but um, there's a lot of room to work with. And uh, event space is more of a subjective evaluation anyway. It's like how big of an event space are you looking for? This is going to have a lot more room for meeting. It's going to have breakout rooms and conference rooms, offices, and we can have a lot of potential for um, renting out that location for other unions and organizations that are looking for space. So that does sort of bring in, I think the idea behind the event space was there was going to be a rental component. So that probably brings us nicely into that next um, uh, agenda item here, which was the financials. And I think that you can fold in, I mean, the idea behind having something to rent out is it's a, a income generator. Mm -hmm. So that, this, that, that component is addressed by this building in addition to having that second, the, the, the 330 Curry building, should we go down that road? Mm -hmm. um, and Jordan also mentioned that, that when we moved to the forever home, which insinuates this one is probably not the forever home. So let's talk about the financials a little bit and how that ties into this building with the 330 Curry building and maybe the potential or the, the view, that sort of 10,000 foot view for maybe a forever, forever home, whatever, whatever that means you know, today. That, I, I just want to add real quick before we start talking about the finances with the, with this new building is um, we're kind of I think the whole committee has kind of looked at this building is not to touch on what you were saying about a forever home. This is more of an investment property where, you know, we've been talking about seeing ourselves for five, ten, possibly 10 years and then later down the road going to what they've been talking about our forever home. So um, I would just reiterate that we're looking at this as an, a, a big investment opportunity with its location and what's going in and uh, around it right now. Correct. This morning we had a meeting uh, with the building committee um, and the uh, e-board and the e-board did vote this morning to uh, pass so we can continue this process. And so that means that you'll be able to go forward with... Yeah, so basically what that means is we're going to be able to go forward with um, making an offer for the building that we're talking about today. As a committee, we felt it was important to include the general membership and make sure that there was a contingency set in place that uh, upon the general membership's blessing for us to move forward. So then there will be a vote going out at the general? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, making sure that everybody's on board. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, great. Do you want to talk about the financials a little bit? Yeah. So what I want to talk about is just as far as speaking to some of the things that Jordan said before about being good stewards of the, the members' money, you know, one of the, the great things about the opportunity that we have here is that we can hold on to our existing membership building, uh, Union Hall, and that will be an asset for us moving forward. Um, the plan is to rent that. We can get more into those details later. The new building, because of its large square footage, um, we also plan to rent some space in that as well, which we can delve into. As far as the hard numbers are concerned, what we're looking at is uh, a sales price of 3.2 million. Our offer is gonna be much more in like the mid 2.5 range million. And so we're gonna try and really get the building for uh, under three million. So that's that's the goal. And I don't wanna to spend too much time on that particular piece, but I use those numbers merely as an instructive point to paint the picture of how the, the loan process works. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna use the existing building as cross collateral because uh, the membership owns that outright, Portland Local 
43 doesn't owe any money on their existing building, so we're able to use that as cross-collateralization, which means that when we are working with the bank, our overall value, appraised value, isn't just the new building that we're gonna be making this offer on, it's the combination of the two values of the new building and this existing building, which means that our loan to value um, is gonna be much higher. It's common in commercial real estate to typically land on a number somewhere around 70% loan to value. So that's the amount of money that the bank will loan, 70% of the overall appraised value. So if we use the number 3 million, and the number 1 million, which is approximately what we think this current property that we're on is valued at, we end up at 4 million. And what that means is 70% of that is 2.8 million, which then means that the amount of money that we're actually gonna have to bring to any kind of closing is far less than if we were trying to go into this just using the appraised value of our new building. Just to you know, play that out entirely, you know, 70% of 3 million is approximately 2.1. And so to close that gap between what we ultimately end up with the sales price and 2.1 is a, is a much larger gap to close. The combined value of these two properties really closes that gap significantly. So you were saying earlier in the, in the meeting that if, you know, if we say, okay, they settle on 2.6 million, we'll have to come up with 10%, correct? Correct. So 10% of that would be 260,000 is what correct. we'd have to come to the table with instead of the 30% that you, what, what it originally would be, right? Yeah. So when we like, for example, in the number that I gave you where the combined appraised value is $4 million, that would get us to 2.8. Now that means that that's more money than theoretically the sales price would be. And the piece to understand is that banks want you to have some skin in the game. Obviously we're going to be, you know, putting the skin of this building in the game and the new building, they're both going to be mortgaged and uh, we're going to be held to that. But then they also want you to bring in about 10% in that situation into the game. So that's where like the $260,000 comes from. Just to jump in real quick too, I assume the conversation was had about essentially selling this building instead of keeping it for, as a rental and they all penciled out and everybody in the committee agreed that it was a better decision to keep it as part of the portfolio as opposed to selling it, putting it towards the next building. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I would say that that was definitely an active part of the discussion. And again, I think this comes down to some longer term goals that we have as a committee and hopefully what is reflected in the general belief of the membership to really be good stewards of the, the money of the, the members and, and the union. And, and one way that we can accomplish that is by building up a little bit of a real estate portfolio, which will then hopefully enable us down the road to do some things that we wouldn't currently have the capability of doing. And there's a way that we can rent this building, hold on to it, and that will uh, add to uh, the, the payments that we're going to need to be making for the mortgage of the new building as well. And we brought in a real estate consultant on that, uh, Jason, um, and felt that this location is a very desirable commercial space with the FOPO area, um, may not be perfect for the union, but it will definitely attract a lot of attention for potential renters. Uh, to kind of touch back what you're talking about, so just so everybody understands, what the, the plan right now is to keep the current union hall, lease it out, and then 
if we do acquire the new building to also lease out space in that, correct? Correct. So I kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I wrote down some numbers from what Remington was talking about as far as what we can get for leasing. Mm -hmm. um, so for the current union hall, we're looking at, if we do lease it out, we're looking at about 40,000 bucks a year. Correct. To, yeah, in, that's... Income from renting out the building. Mm -hmm. And then from the new building, um, with the renting out the first floor, we're looking at about 120,000 bucks mm -hmm. for the year in income from renting it out. So the thing that was brought up, one of the questions that Garrison asked was, um, how much money are we going to have to, or how much is our monthly payment going to be? And with looking at our income, we're looking at our, our organization would not have to be paying a monthly payment with the income that's coming in. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, basically what that looks like is a monthly payment for the mortgage that will be taken on just principal and interest of around $12,000, dollars $12 to $13,000. And then, you know, between the rental income that we'll be receiving from our current property here on Southeast 67th and then the Curry building renting, you know, about 6,000 square feet of that, that should provide enough rental income to pretty much cover those payments monthly. So, so I mean, looking at it from the outside, we're, we're basically having tenants that are paying our mortgage for us, right? That's the goal. Yeah. And it certainly goes with the caveat of finding tenants. I know that the real estate um, experts that you guys talk to have given you the, the not assurance, but the information that's most likely this building here, the 67th building, and that one as well, uh, Curry, will have a high likelihood. And that certainly would be one of the concerns. It's, that's my concern as I listened to that meeting this morning is that's a, that's a big um, contingency. Like if that doesn't happen, that's an issue. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, I guess it's not that you want to cross that bridge when you get there. You want to have planned in place. Right. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, and I was just going to say about the, so the new building with it being 10,000 or 12,000 square feet, I mean, having one company in, that's going to be pretty, I mean, you had the American Cancer Society there, but right now we look at it and have one company come in there and, and lease out the entire thing, right? It's the likelihood of that is not there, right? Versus if we take the entire top floor and then lease out to two different businesses at 3,000 square foot a piece, that's more likely mm -hmm. to happen than, you know, 12,000 square feet for the whole thing. Mm -hmm. If there is any issue, what's the contingency or how much, how much buffer do we have with the current finances? And I ask this, I can imagine yeah. someone like myself sure. thinking this out, out in the membership as yeah. this is being discussed. Yeah, so according to Travis, if we had nothing coming in, and that would be no rent money from this property here on 67th and no money coming in for rent on the, the new property, we have about six months of reserve. Okay, okay. And I just like to, and I'll, I'll say this many times along the way. Anybody has questions, feel free to reach out to anybody on the committee. All the committee members are already have already been um, identified. I'll do that in the intro. And one thing that's a little bit like off the record, because I don't think we want to get like get too deep into the, the mm -hmm. weeds here, but so the current building assessment is like a dollar fifty per member, so that provides about a thousand dollars a month. And then there are these businesses that you know Travis is essentially running that also will be paying some form of rent, right, right. which totals around two thousand twenty five hundred or so. So we have about thirty five hundred dollars right there already. We're hoping to get like approximately another three thousand to thirty five hundred for this building. And then, you know, somewhere between like eight and ten thousand dollars for the twelve thousand or six thousand feet of commercial space we'll be renting out at the Curry building. So there's a there's a lot of pieces to this and I think it's just important to remember that like that like having this approval now and being able to submit that contract 
to the seller and, and hopefully when they sign it and, and agree when once we agree to a price, that, al- that allows us to start having the conversations with the commercial real estate broker, property manager, whatever it is, yep. to then go down the road of figuring out, okay, like how realistic is it to get it rented right away? Are we going to need like a little bit more time to fix anything up? You know, how quickly are we going to have essentially this passive income coming in to help support the new payments for the new building? So, I mean, it's what's nice about the commercial real estate world is that these deals take, you know, three to four months. And so we're going to need every bit of that time to get everything lined up to get uh, things. So we're kind of setting ourselves up for the best kind of success we can. Right, of course. So it's certainly, certainly not without risk, but it looks like a very uh, solid strategic investment. Yes. Okay. So before we move on from financials, anybody else want to have a quick anything to that? Look, I'm looking around the table. I mean, I think unless we're talking about um, when we're talking about renting out our current union hall and the space at the Curry building, um, I know it was brought up in the e-board. Is this was this something that we were going to take on as far as property management went? Um, And I can just me personally speak to uh, my experience in the property management world. I worked five years uh, for a large property management company which did commercial and residential. Um, I know that CEO personally, so we would be able to at least put out some uh, requests for proposals, get some bids and have a company who would be able to handle all the leasing, all the uh, the maintenance, um, cleaning, all that stuff for us. So this is something that if we were to get into that or when we were able to get into that, that we would be very hands-off in that realm. Let it, let it be done by the professionals. Yeah, that do absolutely. That, do it every day. Absolutely. Awesome. Could one of you guys just like real cliff note uh, the concerns that uh, Paul Jennings talked about uh, just because that, that information could quickly go out? Yeah, so um, the work that Paul's been doing has actually been amazing. We are... Um, we brought him on board to look at all of the occupancies that's for the current building, what it would look like for changing the building. Um, I need to go back and confirm a couple pieces, but right now, um, the spaces that we have, um, if, even if we had to take one temporary wall out, um, it's going to allow us to have a meeting room of over 100 people, and so, um, which for us would be doubling or tripling the size of a meeting space we have now. Um, we are, we had him also, um, Paul also identified what changes would um, trigger like an investigation into our occupancy levels and into our um, current, like the building. And so one of those would be if we went in and we did um, size changes or if we did a remodel of um, 20% or more of the current building, then that would, um, basically bring an inspection or bring people in to kind of look at all of our occupancy uses, all of the, the whole building. So, and we're not going to be anywhere close to either one of those topics. So, yeah, I'm really glad he did that work. Yeah, and there's some things that Paul was saying that we can do down the road in order to enhance and improve the occupancy levels, uh, which, you know, as Travis mentioned, are adding potentially a sprinkler system, and then, you know, any seismic upgrades. But that would be something we definitely do down the road and isn't necessary at this time. So does this building meet our current needs um, and wants? 
for uh, meeting space and capacity? Absolutely. I know one of the, Travis, you could probably talk about this, but one of the questions I've been getting talking to members about is they're asking, um, and we touched on it in the, in the meeting, but this, this building is moving ready. If we needed to move in tomorrow, we could make it work. Correct, yep. Every room um, paints in average condition, the flooring's in average condition. If we decide we want to, you know, clean up a little bit before we move in, we can absolutely do that. But um, if their stuff is moved out, we can move in tomorrow and go right to work, assume business. So, Okay, before we wrap this up, it sounds like um, if anybody has anything else to say, certainly jump in. The last item that was on the agenda was due diligence. And I'm not even going to explain that. You guys can talk about the due diligence and it'll be self-explanatory. So the, the due diligence period is um, a lengthy one. There's all sorts of contingencies built into that as far as like um, doing an inspection, as far as financial contingencies to make sure that our lending is where it needs to be. So for me, the one that's going to be kind of the, the, the most important is going to be what kind of condition is the building really in? And that will give us the opportunity to bring in however many folks we want to take a look at the roof, to take a look at the mechanical systems, electrical plumbing. You know, we're going to do all those things to make sure we're not buying a building that's going to need a bunch of work. And not only that, but this real estate process basically it provides a mechanism for us to get off of this train uh, if we need to. If we find out through this process of discovery that there's any red flags, then we can pull out and, you know, uh, get our escrow money back. Um, so we're not, once we move forward and, and, you know, get an offer accepted on this building, it's not committing us, just to be clear, to purchasing the building. There's a lot of things that are going to happen between the offer being accepted and closing on this property that that we need to look at and make sure uh, makes this the right choice for the, the membership. All right, so before we wrap this up, I'm gonna run, run around the table, just see if anybody has anything else to add. Jordan, you want anything, anything we missed? No, I think we uh, pretty much covered it all. It's been a lot of hard work by the members of the uh, building committee and uh, everyone's you know, really excited. Uh, we def I think one of the great things about being a part of the committee and what limited capacity I had um, was to see the speed in which this moved forward. Um, we did not, and I put a lot of that on, you know, Travis. He worked his butt off to, uh, you know, make sure that this didn't flounder at all. We were moving forward. He was, you know, in communication with us all the time. Uh, so it was really nice to see that this thing was uh, moving in the speed it did. Everyone was really passionate about it. So, yeah, it's been great. Um, yeah, I just kind of want to reiterate that I've been saying a couple times that this is a huge investment opportunity with us. And I think we've got our the financial situation pretty dialed. And it's, in my opinion, it's pretty low risk for us, especially with what the potential with income that we have with rentals. Um, so I know a lot of people are going to think, oh, 12,000 square foot building, why do we need it that big? You know, I'm going to vote no. But just instead of thinking about tomorrow, think about five years, 10 years, how much money, you know, the potential to make money off this thing is, is there where, you know, it's going to set our, our union up for the next 100 years. So, but yeah, everybody did a great job. So, and thanks, Travis, for all your hard work. Yeah, I want to echo what uh, both Jordans just said. Uh, first of all, I think it's important just to realize that this deal is not done, right? Like we've, we've made it this far as a committee, 
but we've still got a lot of work to do ahead. So I think it's important to recognize that this is just kind of getting us in the game really for being able to buy this building. And then we need to, you know, bust our butts to make sure that we're making sure everything is how we want it to be to make sure we're, we're buying the right space for us. The other piece is this has a huge financial upside, like what uh, Jordan just said, that this is a real opportunity for us as a membership to pay it forward. You know, we've had this building that we haven't had to pay for for a lot of years, way before I got hired. And I'm excited to see us do that again for the next generation of firefighters, that we can really create an opportunity for ourselves to hold these two properties, this new property that hopefully is really going to allow us to do some new things that the physical kind of constraints and size constraints of this current building that we're in wouldn't allow us to do. So it provides a real opportunity there. And then lastly, I've been really impressed with the way that this committee has moved quickly. I mean, it's a lot easier dealing with, you know, an individual or a small group of investors to move a process like this forward quickly because you're a lot more clear probably on what you want. But I think I have to give a lot of credit to Travis for his ability to sort of uh, wrangle us together as a committee and keep moving this thing forward to be able to to get to the point where four months in, we're putting an offer in on a building that I think is going to be really good. Um, so, yeah, kudos to him. Yeah, I think uh, it's important that we keep all the members in the loop as far as the progress of this project. So everybody knows where we're at and how we're going forward with this and we will continue to communicate that to you guys so there if there are any questions out there you can reach out to anybody that is on the building committee and we can continue to either do this via podcast or um on the slack channel or union website to show all the members uh what we've got and how we're investing in being good stewards of the union's money. Yeah, and to kind of add to what you were just saying, Jerry, um, you know, I, I don't want the membership to think that we're a committee that just wants to spend everybody's money, right? I think that in the past six months that we've been dealing with this, we've attacked this thing at every single angle with people's different backgrounds, people's different opinions. There's been times where we haven't agreed and, you know, kind of just went on, but I, I feel like we've done a really good job of like I said, attacking this at every single angle. We've thought of every single thing that, you know, might come up. But uh, I think that, you know, as far as from the membership standpoint, I think that we, we have everybody's best interests in mind. So, Indeed. So lastly, local local members, local 403 members out there, look for the, um, is it going to be a vote? I guess a vote coming out like electronically, like all other votes have in the past. Look for that in the near future. Um, and I can say just for myself, having I just sat in that uh, e-board meeting prior to sitting down with these gentlemen here. Also very impressed with the work that was done. So thanks to everybody uh, involved. And Travis had to run out, so he's not going to be able to sign off. But um, yeah, great work for everybody. Thank you, committee, for doing all that work. And everybody out there, just go ahead and shoot your questions to anybody that you know on the committee or um, Dave Remington for sure. Oh, also, there's a video going to be coming out as well. Is that right? Is that, is that, yeah, no? yeah, yeah. It's in. Uh, I think Travis said draft right now, so we'll we'll get it done and get cool. it out to the members. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. You mean like the plans? Like a, 
yeah, yeah, or a virtual tour or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, because David taking some pretty good video, and so okay. yeah, getting that out there for the membership to be able to see. So uh, adding that real quickly, that uh, between this podcast, the video that's coming out, potentially look for a video tour that'll be put on the I assume all the the normal channels, um, and uh, the uh, vote coming out. So mm -hmm. thanks, y'all. Thank you.